listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Nutrition and exercise scientist Amelia Phillips is not shy of technology, having launched and operated Australia's fastest growing health tech platform, 12WBT, for 10 years. After a successful exit, she has embarked on her next venture, combining biotech and behaviour change. She has launched Inside Out, an online program using blood biomarkers to help her members reduce inflammation, lose weight and regain energy. Amelia Phillips is a fitness and nutrition expert with 25 years of experience in the health and wellness industry. Her career has been varied, spanning roles as a registered nutritionist, trainer, exercise scientist, researcher, podcaster, TV presenter, corporate speaker, and much more. She's proven that she can transform the lives of thousands through her approachable techniques and knows what it takes to adjust mindsets and reframe lifestyles to ensure weight goals are met and sustained in the long term. In this episode, we talk about Amelia's business journey and her newest project, which involves biotech. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm just enjoying this beautiful weather at the moment. Same. Same. Do you know, this podcast is going to be special because usually we see each other at events and we're I know. flying. <laughs> we don't get to have a proper chat. So it'll be good I know, we can up. actually go a bit deeper today. Totally. I know. Events are great for saying hi to people, but it's hard to have any form of like deeper conversation than, you know, two minutes. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. It's <laughs> I get around. It's like speed dating. It is. It's exactly what it is. All right. I'd love you to introduce yourself to everyone. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Amelia Phillips. I am an exercise scientist and a nutritionist and a podcaster and everything health and wellness. I've been doing this since I was 17. Would you believe it? Yeah, I know. And it's so getting up to 26 years now. Um, I just have been passionate about this industry for as long as I can remember. And I pretty much, you name it, I've done it. I started out as a trainer. I ended up um, working in London for a couple of years uh, and then bought a gym in Pitt Street in Sydney. I ran that for six years. I uh, ended up uh, franchising that out, had six, there were six other locations, sold that in. Uh, can't even remember what year that was now. And then um, spent 2010 to 2020 as the co-founder of the Michelle Bridges 12-week body transformation. So we pivoted to digital. Um, and uh, in between that, I was Barry Humphrey's trainer for a year on a Damon and Ever- Everidge tour of the States. That was when I really got into digital uh, digital health. And then, yeah, 12WBT started off the back of that. And uh, I sold that. My husband and I exited and sold that in 2020. Gosh. So, yeah. You, you don't do things by halves because what you haven't said is you also have four children. Yes, <laughs> I did. I had four kids in five years. I do not recommend doing that. Oh, I don't know what we God. were thinking. Did you take any time off when the kids were young? No, no. Yeah. So what I what, what I will say we were lucky with was the first five years of 12WBT, it was a very fast growing business. Um, it was insane. And it, I didn't have, I think maybe year three or year four was when I fell pregnant with Lockie. The second five years, we had 56 staff, we had a proper board, 
everything was running smoothly. So I didn't take any time off, but it was just a well-oiled machine. So, and because it was my business, you know, the kids came into work. Yes. Um, I had this great system. So I worked out a plan and, and you know, we were, we were lucky enough to be able to afford a nanny. So yeah. that's what uh, made a massive, massive difference. And that, that getting help and not being afraid to outsource yeah. anything that you feel comfortable outsourcing. So cleaning, uh, cooking, whatever it takes, and everyone's got their own version of what that is. Mm. I, I didn't mind um, getting a nanny because it meant that I got to do all the fun stuff with my kids and, yeah. and none of the um, really horrible stuff. <laughs> you know, when you got into the industry at 17, Mm-hmm. As, as a personal trainer, were you running your own business back then at right at the beginning or did yeah, you have so existing entity or what happened? I've always worked for myself, Alison, and this has been, um, I guess, part of my DNA. And it's funny, I dabbled. I worked as a consultant in 2020 for a couple of years in FMCG in health uh, as part of a bigger company. It was my first kind of, even though I was working for myself, I was like, oh, but this is a taste of what it feels like to work for someone else. And it's, it really is a mindset. If you're someone that's listening, that has worked for someone else, and then you, you work for yourself or the opposite, there's a real mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, right from the beginning, Balmain Fitness, I had to pay $265 a week rent as a personal trainer. Uh, Any trainers listening would just be laughing going oh my gosh if only it was that cheap now um but everything else was you know i had to manage my own money i had to um you know manage everything and then i hired three trainers to come and work underneath me so that was my kind of toe in the water of yeah. you know being my own my own uh, i mean that would have been before even like wellness and personal training really was a thing you know it would have oh. been- yeah, hundred percent. It yeah. was when only P. I mean, I'm showing my age here, but this was the late '90s when yeah. the personal tra- back then it was this weird thing where only like celebrities in LA I had remember. personal trainers. Did I you know remember that it was yeah, it was just the for the elite. Correct. Yeah, yeah. the everyday yeah. person but, never considered doing something like that. Have yeah, you? I I was there as I watched it go mainstream, yeah. and gosh, it's it's so good. People are so much more informed about health uh, than than they ever have been. And it blows my mind even now. I've just finished running an eight-week online program using blood biomarkers. And the and my members, it's like they all have, you know, MBAs in um in in nutrition and fitness. Like everyone is listening to David Sinclair. And it's everyone is more informed, but it doesn't mean <laughs> they're less confused. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Well, it's more of a priority than it has ever been before. I think so. I think we're all realizing this, and I love this concept of health span over lifespan. That we're yes. all we're all getting older, which is wonderful. But we want to make sure that those years are quality years um, yeah. and not frail years. And and that's this idea of what is your marginal decade going to look like? This great uh, term that Peter Addy has coined, where that last ten years of your life what's that going to look like for you? And most of us want to be as healthy and active um, and independent as possible. So we work back from there. Yes. Let's talk about what you're doing now because, I mean, you've just had so many like chapters in your career. What's happening right now in your career? 
Well, I guess it's it's a real culmination of everything that I've learned and everything I've seen. And, you know, I would call myself a behavior change expert. So I'm always on the lookout for what is going to help people adopt those behavior changes. They know what they should be doing, but why is it that we can't do it? Why is it that we can't, you know, say no to the cookie jar or whatever it might mm. be? And so whenever there's technology that can assist with that, um, I'm interested. And this is why biotech has been an area that I've been pricking my ears up since about 2016, uh, since Apple Watch and Quantified Self Movement came in where people are learning more about themselves. So I've just recently uh, developed a program called the Inside Out program where we're using really key blood biomarkers to track people's key health metrics, such as their inflammation levels, um, you know, their metabolic health, their immune system, macro and micronutrients to, to get a clearer picture of the habit changes that they're taking place uh, over. So for example, the program I just ran and just finished 130 people. Um, and I partnered with a company called Drop Biohealth and out of UNSW. So they provided the pathology, they provided the, the um, blood pathology service. And Alison, I was blown away at what changed biochemically over eight weeks of a really modest behavior change program. This was not an overhaul. This is not biggest loser territory. This was like, you know, so is <laughs> a that, bit is of it. That, I'm assuming that's um, a combination of physical movement yes, it as was, well as nutrition. Yes. So it was, it was threefold. So it was uh, exercise, nutrition, so exercise plan, nutrition plan. And then what I coined the triple S's, which is sleep, stress and spirit. So right. education and um, activities to promote uh, the triple S. And so, yeah, so it was an intermittent fasting and it was a low inflammation meal plan, but it was, you know, very healthy and normal. It wasn't anything out there or woo-woo, but it was intermittent. It was time restricted. So, um, you know, in a, in a day you're eating, but your eating window is between 10 to 12 hours, which mm -hmm. is totally doable. Finish eating at 8 PM. Don't start eating till either 8 AM, 9 or 10 AM. And, um, Alison, at the start of the program, one thing that really shocked me was how many of my members inflammation biomarkers were out of range. So elevated inflammation. Yeah. Big time. Because I'm so interested about this. You did yeah. um, you did a biomarker test at the beginning before mm -hmm. it changed, and yep. then and then you do one at the end or one at the end. Uh, one at the no, end. No, just one at the beginning and one at the end of the eight right. weeks. Weeks, and there were a bunch of biomarkers. So, for example, in inflammation, we have around. Um, I think there were seven biomarkers that measure your inflammation, a whole bunch of interleukins, CRP, um, TNF, um, anyway. And so when I looked at the whole cohort, so the, the the median inflammation levels were elevated. After the eight That's weeks. question because I'm just so interested. Yeah, I when know, said, it's fascinating. Were, were they typically healthy people that were doing this? I mean, I'm sure it was a range. It was a range, yeah. but it was... It, it was uh, it was a real range. I would say that it was elevated BMI. I think the average BMI was kind of in the high 20s. So um, overweight is 25 to 30 and then obese is um, 35 and higher. So okay. it was... It was just you, and, and it skewed like my. I think my average age was kind of around that. Um, 
early 40s. Okay. So, yeah, so it was they were not obese and, you know, like majorly overweight, but they were certainly, you know, that typical perimenopause, stubborn weight loss age bracket. Yeah, and then at the end of the program, pretty much everyone's inflammation levels across the board were back in range. Isn't that mind-blowing? So the inflammation, is that triggered from diet as well? Like what, what other there that- are There are four causes of inflammation, yep. okay? The, the biggest one and the one that has the most levers in the positive or the negative is diet. So that's the first one, okay? Yep. Um, and that's, you know, uh, you, if you want to reduce your inflammation using diet, you literally need to reduce or eliminate or reduce, cut right down the pro-inflammatory foods, which are your ultra processed foods, um, highly refined carbohydrates, charred things, alcohol. And then you want to dial up your anti-inflammatory foods, which are all your deep purples, uh, reds, your berries, your, your basically your fruits and veggies. And mm. then you've got a few heroes in there like garlic, turmeric, et cetera. So that's the first one, diet. The next one is environmental pollutants. And this might be interesting to your listeners because I know you get a lot of clean um, products uh, that you see come through. But basically pollutants is anything you inhale, anything you ingest, or anything you apply topically. So if you're in an environment where there's a lot of EDCs or endocrine-disrupting chemicals, that will drive up inflammation. Mm. Okay, the third one is stress. And this can be physical stress, such as injury or illness, Um, or it can be emotional stress, such as feeling unsafe, um, not having your needs met, excessive worry, depression, anxiety. All of those feelings trigger hormones such as cortisol, adrenaline, and those hormones are meant to be short-lived hormones. They're meant to be the saber-toothed tiger chase down story we hear all the time. Um, so that's the third one, stress. And then the final one is excess body fat and and a lack of exercise. So if someone's walking around carrying excess body fat, particularly visceral fat, which is the fat that sits around your organs, um, fat actually acts like an endocrine organ, uh, which I find really amazing. So it secretes hormones, just like your adrenal glands or your thyroid secretes hormones. So when you have an excess amount of body fat on your body, it's secreting hormones that are pro-inflammatory. Right. Okay, so they're they're yeah. the four they're the four reasons, and a lack of exercise or actually too much exercise as well will have a pro-inflammatory effect. Mm. Whereas regular exercise has an anti-inflammatory effect. Yeah. So in the program, then they get meal plans. What about the exercise? Pro- Do they get an exercise program? Or yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, another. Another really important element for health and particularly in these biomarkers that we notice and particularly for women is strength training. So both cardiovascular and, I mean, the three three major elements of exercise to put simply, which is cardio strength and mobility or flexibility or or joint range, joint mobility, they're all really important. But particularly for women and particularly as we're getting to perimenopausal stage, our testosterone levels tend to plummet. Now, testosterone is the motivation hormone. It's the hormone you think of Pepe Le Pew in the old cartoon as he's chasing the skunk and he's chasing her down. Like that's testosterone. And so if your testosterone levels drop, that drive, that chutzpah, that joie de vivre that you used to have, it goes away. And so strength training is one of the one of the 
main ways that you can drive up testosterone just for it it has a you know a, a, only a lifespan of a few days but regular strength training where the where your bone mass is feeling the tension of the muscle yes. pull that triggers testosterone mm. so that's a big one for women that's why strength training is you know and it's not just a few little light pink dumbbells throwing around you got to be getting close to failure yeah. Within two or three reps of like, I could not do three. I might be able to push out two more push-ups. I definitely couldn't do three push-ups. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good to know. I've literally just gotten back in, into strength training this year. I was putting everything into cardio, which I know that I was, shouldn't have been doing, but I just get addicted to uh, <laughs> look at so, I love cardio from a stress management and don't yeah. worry, you are adding years to your life because of your heart health. So yeah. Alison, the don't, don't say you shouldn't because cardio is so, so important. But what I would suggest to you and look at your body shape, right? Yeah. You're an ectomorph, you're a naturally slim person. So you're going to be at risk to your bone mineralization declining. Um, particularly post-menopause. And also the fact it is harder for you. If we got you and uh, an Olympic gymnast side by side, you're going to be losing muscle mass. Um, just You're going to find it harder to put yes. muscle mass on than she yes. will. But all you need to do is 10 minutes just before you go yeah. out for your 40-minute run. Just do 10 minutes of strength and then do your 30-minute run. Yeah, I was literally just about, I've just started taking, well, not when it just, this year I've put another focus onto it, but I don't do it as regularly as what you're saying. Like I'll do it mm -hmm. twice a week, whereas as it you would, say, look, I should integrate it with other things that I'm doing. Better than nothing, but yeah. a three times is ideal. But look, you know what? You're doing it twice. That's twice yeah. more than a hell of a mm. lot of other people. So, But it is an important part, and this is in my program, the You've got to make sure you're looking after the whole person. So that's why we look at sleep. We look at stress. We look at your emotional health in your spirit as well. But then what I love is I've got these quantitative numbers where I can actually see their stress reduction going down at a cellular level and it's not just stabbing around in the dark. Yeah. And that's where the real insights come for these members. Mm. So how does the program take place? Like is it video format or... You know, how yeah, does it it's work? it's all it's all online, um, yeah. and so there's a whole bunch of webinars that uh, and workshops that we do as a group. So it's a group based program. So you don't get, although you get your personalized bloods and you see everything. We work as a group because I found that when behavior change um, comes into play, actually working in a group yeah. makes it a lot more. Um, um, the adherence rate is a lot higher. Mm. And look, some people are, you know, super active. They're in the forums. I have challenges and prizes each week. Um, and then some people are sticky beakers and some people it's just like, that's not my thing. And, you know, there's there's something for everyone. But I do think that team camaraderie makes a real a real difference. So it's all delivered online um, and there's an app that goes with it as well so that people can, you know, really clearly access their bloods and then track their bloods over time as well. Gosh, and have it, you said you had like 128, 130 people in the in the last round. How did they yeah. find out about the course? Because a lot of people want that size course but find it really hard to get that many people in. Yeah, look, do you know, um, it was predominantly I've got I, one thing I would say for, for, for people trying to grow their business is email marketing is not dead. <laughs> In fact, it's uh, to, for me, it's one of the most powerful ways to 
um, continue engaging with your community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always, just in the background, I've always been nurturing and building my email list. And I think that it's uh, it's a lot more powerful for me personally. I know everyone's a bit different. Like I've had an Instagram account, for, account forever, but because I've always been focusing on growing Michelle's brand, I, I always just had it. I didn't really take it seriously. So mm-hmm. I've never really... I've, I've, I've got it there and it serves a purpose, but it's not my number one driver. But there will be people out there that say the opposite, that say that's where I get all my sales. I find for more complex businesses, um, such as programs like mine, there's so much education and trust to be built up. So, um, but my main funnels are my podcast. So I've got a podcast called Healthy Her. Mm-hmm. Um, my other funnel is my Instagram, a little bit of Facebook marketing. Um, and then for that program, I did do a small PR campaign as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we partnered with Drop Biohealth. So they did heaps of, uh, you know, lots of heavy lifting as well from their side, but they're a fledgling company too. So we were both, you know, relatively modest. Um, and and then running these free webinars is a great plan as well. So we got a really good uptake from my first webinar, which was on stubborn weight loss. Mm. So we had, you know, 300 people register for that. And then we had, um, I think a hundred people show up on the night and then 30 people sign up off the back of that. So that was a really successful funnel as well. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, the webinars are really good because they give you people an insight into you, the person that's running it, as well as what they can expect. Absolutely. It's a, it's a taster. And I love this idea of also, you know, gives and takes you're giving away content because the program might not be right for them right now, but hopefully you've planted a seed and maybe in three, six, 12 months time, or at least they're in your orbit. Um, and there's so much, you know, so much information that can help people that I do love to give, uh, you know, to give free advice when it's appropriate. Yeah. And you know what? The topic's so bang on, you know, like so many people can relate to not being able to lose that stubborn weight. You know, they can drop the first amount and then they kind of hit a bit of a plateau and can't get rid of it. I know. And it can be, it can unfortunately also coincide with just the worst time in your life where you've got you know, you're coming out of that postnatal depletion stage where your body shape's already changed. You've now probably got multitudes of children, much more stressful life. You're the sandwich generation. You've got older parents you're looking after, younger kids. Um, And then you've got the perimenopause and you're just not feeling like yourself. And the thing is, there is is so, so much that can be done about it. Um, And that's what motivates me because I see when the, um, when the train leaves the station and their metabolism starts to kick back in their leptin, you know, leptin was one of the biomarkers we measured and it came right down. Leptin resistance is a huge factor for stubborn weight loss. As soon as that leptin level normalized, you know, they started to feel full. Um, they weren't feeling hungry five minutes after eating. So all those little things start to really make a difference and make people feel in control of their bodies again. Is that what a lot of people find is that they're hungry just after they've eaten? So they just keep eating? Yeah, so leptin resistance is a really interesting one. It's um it's it works in a similar way to insulin resistance where so leptin is your feel full hormone. Mm-hmm. So when you eat a big meal, your leptin levels fly up. And then that signals, oh, I'm so full. And then like, you know, naturally it slowly starts to drop. So half an hour later, you're still feeling full. 
But what happens is when people have got a metabolic dysfunction, leptin becomes resistant. So their leptin levels are permanently high, but the body's not. So the poor leptin's just like shooting out like a fire hose, this hormone, but the body's just resistant to it. And so what happens is you eat a huge meal and then within five minutes, you could eat that bowl of pasta again, or you could take it down with a Ben and Jerry's chaser. Yeah, it's horrible. And it's... And people blame themselves. They're like, what's wrong with me? I've got no self-discipline. I'm, you know, um, but I say to people, it's a bit like ecstasy, right? If I spiked your drink with ecstasy, no matter what your personality type is, you're going to be feeling a certain way. You're going to be up on the table dancing or whatever you used to do in the 90s. But um, it's a chemical change that you cannot control, Right. right? Okay. And these changes happen in our body all the time. So we sit here beating ourselves up going, why have I lost motivation? I'm such a lazy bum. Honey, your testosterone levels are on the floor. So there's no Pepe Le Pew going on. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if that, you know, that's, that was the old you because your testosterone was flying high. You had that motivation chemical, but right now you can't fight that. Mm. You just have to build that. And that's where good nutrition comes in because Hormone health is underpinned by all the fat soluble vitamins. So if we're not getting enough omega threes, if we're not, if if we haven't got a diet that's rich in healthy fats, and most of us have been told to avoid those, um, then our horm- we're not even giving our our body the building blocks to um, to produce these hormones, let alone deal with the impacts of aging, which we naturally lose those um, a lot of those hormones anyway. That's why nutrition and good quality nutrition is so so important for us you eat the same as the rest of your family and your kids yeah 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 um I only because I'm lazy and I've got four children I don't want to have to cook multiple meals um but we've got we've we've taken our time to work out what you know what works for everybody Mm. um and so our dinners are all exactly the same obviously lunches are, are different yeah. um but breakfast if i'm cooking eggs for the kids i'm cooking eggs for me if i'm making porridge we're all having porridge mm. very boring you know porridge one day eggs toast avocado the other day and yeah. it's pretty much alternating and what what time do you eat dinner and what time do you eat breakfast so i actually cuz i do tend to do uh adopt intermittent fasting it works for me so yes. um i will have i will uh, i wake up at 5:15 i train and then I'll I will have like a cup of tea um, with a little bit of milk in it. So people might listen and go, well, that's technically breaking the intermittent fasting, but it's such a small amount. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And then I will have a really big brunch at usually around 10 o'clock. So I ferry yeah. the kids off to school. I may have cooked the eggs, but they're just sitting on the side, or sometimes I'll go out for breakfast mm. and I'll have a big brunch around um, that kind of after 9 30. Yeah. And then I have dinner at six. And then in between that, I will have really what's like a very, a light lunch. So it will be, you know, literally like a tasting plate because I'm (laughs) in a hurry. Usually it'd be a couple of handfuls of veggies, a bag, a handful of beans, carrots, hummus. Uh, If there's a bit of tuna left over, um, a protein shake sometimes, nuts and seaweed. I'm very big on iodines and Mm. selenium. So lots of, so Brazil nuts and seaweed are great for, uh, these are all hormone health, particularly thyroid health. So yeah, just a little plate and then dinner around six o'clock. So, and then I have to have something sweet after dinner every night. Alice and I have been in this industry 26 years and I can't stop my after dinner sweet 
What do you have? So uh, I'll, (laughs) I would, so I tried to dampen the sugar. I'm into popcorn. So this is what I do. I have a bowl of popcorn, but then in the bottom, I have something I call the bomb, which is (laughs) um, a couple of chocolate covered nuts or usually I've got, you know, I go to Flannery's or one of those, you know, self-serve places and I'll put like three or four little chocolate covered bits bits and bobs, nuts, and I have my little bowl of popcorn. I don't have it every night, but I do have it (laughs) most nights. Because then it's a popcorn's very, you know, clean in the sense that it's just popped corn Um, and then a little bit of chocolate with a herbal tea and that doesn't Mm. break the bank. So, but it makes me feel so satisfied on my couch watching my Netflix after the kids are in bed. No one disturbed me. What are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Oh, oh my gosh. I just finished the Wham! documentary with George Michael. It was amazing. I've got to watch it then. It'll make you just smile and and laugh. And then the other one that's really interesting, if you're interested in behavior change, um, is called The Playbook. And it's um, it's a five or six part series interviewing coaches of the world, uh, you know, world's top athletes. So Serena Williams coach, um, a bunch of basketballers, soccer team. Yeah, it was really good if you're interested in sport and behavior change and kind of optimal performance. That's a great one too. That's great. Okay, where where can everyone find you? Uh, well, look, the best, follow me on Instagram. It's underscore Amelia, underscore Phillips, and uh, jump on my website. And I've actually got a really popular resource. I've got two really popular free resources. I've got my inflammation ebook, which goes into a lot more detail around inflammation, plus has a meal plan on it as well. That's free. Um, and I've also got your thieves of energy quiz. So if you are feeling flat and lacking in energy. It's a quick online assessment that you do. There are five main thieves of energy. And so you do this assessment and then it will identify what your major thief of energy is. And then it's a little, you know, five female series to educate you on what you can do and what the other thieves are. And so download those. That'll get you uh, kind of knowing me a bit better. And I love connecting with people. So if you've got any questions from what we chatted about today, or you've got a concern, um, please just DM me and I'll uh, I'll reply. And if I can't help you, I'll point you in the direction of someone that can. Amazing. Thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed that chat. I feel like I'm all uh, like knowledge up now. Oh, there's so much, isn't there? Well, I just love what so you do and I love all the products that you you help get the word out there and, and what you do, Alison, with your beautiful eye. And I'm very jealous because I've got a terrible eye when it comes to, um, you know, design and look and feel. So I, I'm I'm so envious of what you do with all your oh, beautiful clients. Yeah, well, I think we all love what we do. That's the beauty about small business, isn't it? So good. I know. Uh, never feels like work. No, no. Have a fabulous afternoon. Thanks for your time. And I'm going to go and check out your course on your website. Uh, Amazing. Inside out. Thanks so much, Alison. Thank you. Bye.